Sprinkle and add a little sauce You want my time but it costs I'm in the loft Watch how you speak to a boss What made you think you could floss? Don't be depressing Preaching I feel like a reverend Hold up I got me a question Are you an asset to an investment or a distraction? What up, what up, what up, what up? Man, this is episode 4 of the One Other Percent Podcast I'm your host, Miles G Man, we have a big earnings week coming up this week um, for tech We have Tesla, Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook All reporting this week This is the 5th time since the inception of the stock market that all big major tech companies or major companies in general have reported in the same week. So look forward to the stock market doing something, being real bullish, mean going up or being bearish going down. So we're going to see some changes. The crypto market took a huge hit last week. Um, analysts are expecting Bitcoin to go to 40000 so this could be a good time to buy. Some investors are a little worried um, because of Biden's proposed tax plan, which basically will raise capital gain taxes to 43.4% for people making over a million dollars. And there are a lot of ways around that. Don't let people fool you like you can't get around that. Um, and we'll talk about more of that on later episodes. But for example... Um, I mentioned in the post about leveraging the rich people. They won't, they won't cash out of their stock. They'll leverage it. So for example, they can, they can get a loan for that amount that they, that they made showing the bank their proof of uh, the securities that they hold and they can get that loan amount and then use that however they want. Also by having, um, a lot of rich people have securities in their business name. And when you do that, depending where you set your business up, say if you set it up in a safe haven, um, like a Switzerland or a Cayman Islands, you cash out that. All that money is funneled to the Cayman Islands. Like I said, we'll delve deep into that on later episodes. Something that Enron did um, very well. There's ways to get around that. But for the normal investors like me and you, it could be a good time to buy in both markets, stock market and the crypto market. A lot of stocks are falling. They don't look too bad. But the crypto market is a little down. So if you see stocks falling or anything, like I know Chipotle, they didn't have a good um, earnings report. They started to fall down a little bit. That'll be a good time to like buy. Um, you don't have to buy the whole thing, but buy, you know, percentages and stuff like that because these companies are going to go up again. When you have a little turbulence in, in the market from what's going on, um, in DC, from, um, from Biden speaking and stuff like that, things are going to drop and the market is going to go different ways. So when you see a chance, Buy it. It's on sale. Hold it. So this can be um, a good chance just to, to really buy things that you wanted that you couldn't afford previously. Today's episode is very timely. It comes in the wake of the police officer that killed George Floyd was found guilty on all three counts and convicted. Um, we recorded this episode about two months ago and we talked about certain issues like systemic racism and what has to happen for a law to be changed. Um, he talks about setting the precedent or going through legislation, which um, is happening right now in the George Floyd Policing Act, which will ultimately increase accountability for the law enforcement misconduct and also eliminate discriminatory policing practice. So it was definitely a huge step. Now we're waiting on the sentencing. It takes eight weeks because they have to deliberate on the mitigating circumstances, which will ultimately decide a sentencing. I was told by an, another lawyer that we're looking at possibly um, he can get 10 to 15 years, which we have to look at it as a win. Um, like I said, it is a step in the right direction. No matter what we think he should get, how long, but it is something, again, that's unprecedented. So our guest is a lawyer. He owns his own law firm. Um, known him for a couple years. 
real motivational guy, really driven by his purpose and trying to change, I would say, the stigma on black people and what we go through. And it's really trying to be just a helping hand and, and educate people. All right, y'all, let's welcome on a new guest. Um, he goes by the name of Mr. Make It Go Away, Frederick Berry. He's an attorney, president of a brand management company. Um, he's a CEO of his company, the Ruby Berry Law Group, um, that specializes in multiple things. And he also does some music on the side. What's going on, Barry? Hey, what's going on, man? Appreciate you for uh, inviting me to the podcast. Nah, no problem, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, we talk all the time, and uh, I'm glad to have you on there. And uh, hopefully you can drop some gems for the listeners, man. So um, let's dial back for us man, because I know you're from Dallas. You played at uh, Cedar Hill and all that. So what made you come to the point to want to become a lawyer? How did you get to that point? Well, so um, I've always been just more focused on ownership. Like, how can I make sure that I own something? How can I make sure that I scale it up to get the largest percent that I can? And so mm-hmm. um, I already had a company at the time. It's called Usalon Studios. It's a brand management and production company with uh, my younger brother. He produces and he raps and he also is an architect. Nice. And so uh, we were working on his album at the time and we were trying to get a sample cleared and everybody who was hitting up was ignoring us. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go to law school so that way we don't have to worry about nobody avoiding us anymore. Right. And now here we are. Hey, that's that's dope. So what, what made y'all want to do that though? Because a lot of people, like, they don't have the paperwork right. You know what I mean? They have the song and I've seen people, like, get their song taken by top artists and stuff like that. What made y'all before thinkers like that? Like, alright, we can make music, but we have to have the paperwork right. Was that, like, some of the family or... Yeah, I think so. You know, my dad, um, he's real old school and so he's to kind of always, you know, make fun of us, but it, it was kind of serious when he say, like, what are you going to be, a starving artist? Mm. You know, like, make mm. sure that you have something solid. Mm. And so, um, although, you know, art has always kind of been at the forefront, mm. uh, we've made sure that we can make sure to tag some type of business alongside of it to keep everything flowing. Right, right. I like that. I like that, man. So, talk a little bit about the Ruby Berry group. Where did that uh, that name come from? Um, what made you want to pick that? Yeah, so, um, you know, Ruby Berry Law Group is, you know, founded, um, I founded the law firm in the end of 2020, um, and it's named after my grandmother, uh, my grandmother's name was Ruby, Okay. and ironically, that's also my birthstone, uh, I'm a mm. cancer born in July, Okay. and so uh, Ruby Berry Law Group is just a combination of those things, and so, uh, you know, I started the law firm, really my goal is to, you know, spread and have one of the most major law firms in the country that's literally black-owned and ran by African-Americans. I like that. How many? Um, employees do you have right now with you? So right now, um, we have very few employees. Um, everybody works. <clears throat> all of my team works satellite on a contract basis right now. Nice. Um, but I am looking to uh, get some partners to join the law firm. Um, you know, I want to pick some people who came from my alma mater, Thurgood Marshall School of Law. Um, so we're in negotiations right now, and hopefully everything lines up. That's dope, bro. That's dope. What do you, what do you guys specialize in? So we do a variety of things. We do criminal defense, uh, business and entertainment services, of course. Um, uh, we also do civil litigation and personal injury. Personal injury, okay. What would you say is your biggest, I guess, caseload? Where do you see the most cases at in Houston or wherever you're doing in different areas? Um, so right now, majority of my cases have been business related. People okay. who want contracts done, people who are trying to buy property or doing other different types of things related to their business. Um, right. But, you know, I do have my fair share of criminal defense cases. Um, right now, I'm actually doing an expunction campaign. So, you know, feel free to hit me up about that. Okay, so you said you're working on 
an expansion campaign. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so right now, um, me and a classmate, Terry Peaton, um, he has his own law firm, the law group of THP, um, and we have partnered to create a free at last expansion campaign. So pretty much just to raise awareness to the community that um, if you are charged with certain crimes and that case was dismissed or you did some type of, you know, deferred adjudication to get it dismissed, um, you may be eligible for an expunction to get the whole thing taken off your record, you know. Of course, there are certain limitations depending on the crime and how long since the dismissal. But uh, we're just trying to raise awareness and help out the community as much as we can. Man, I, I love that because a lot of minorities uh, don't know anything about that. They didn't get things taken off their record. A lot of times people go to court. They don't know their rights, the law. They don't know what they can not tell cops and stuff like that. So, I mean, just having that uh, awareness to help people is is, is really good, man. Um, have you have you been in trouble with the law from, I guess, from just growing up that made you want to do stuff like this? Not in trouble like in anything bad, but like been in situations where you shouldn't have been treated the way you've been treated. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, um, especially being black, you mm-hmm. know, I've yeah. definitely felt with hostile officers make you get out the car and definitely. sit on the curb as a kid definitely. and like, you know, all types of different situations. Um, you know, but now I feel like I'm in a position where, you know, before I just be upset about it. But now it's like, okay, I can actually do something about it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that that's the part that I appreciate the most. Yeah, that's, that's a big difference back around. I like that. I like that. I guess if somebody wants to be a lawyer, uh, follow your footsteps, talk a little bit about what they need to do, I guess, in um, school or uh, something they need to study or studying for the bar. Because I hear it's just a, a long uh, process. Even seeing you, you know what I'm saying, study for the bar. I mean, you was going through it. You knocked it out. But I mean, you know what I'm saying, it took a toll on you. Talk about right. that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, you don't have to have a specific major in order to go to law school you can come from any background and go to law school mm-hmm. um, all you have to do is study for the LSAT and get your letters of recommendation and then get your transcripts so you can apply and go to law school you know I suggest that of course you know I'm always big enough my alma mater TMSL Thurgood Marshall School of Law <laughs> yeah um, you know I think that Texas Southern has the best law school in the country especially for black people yeah especially for young black males because you know that school was my first time at least in a learning environment where right. the teachers fully related to me right and so they could break down the law to help me understand and i think that when i look at it, trying to study for the bar exam you know, it's because of that foundational teaching that i got there that mm-hmm. i was able to you know do such a good job so in undergrad you went to unt right yeah i went to unt for my bachelor's i got my uh, degree in accounting okay um, nice. and unt is the university of north texas right know, for those who don't know so i guess um i hear like you know so i went to u of h and um you hear the the difference of like going to a pwi versus going to an hb you. Yeah. Do you uh do you think there's a difference? Was it it was it better going to Yeah, one hundred percent I think it's a difference. You know, um not only do you have the community aspect as far as being around, you know, literally everybody or primarily the people who look like you, talk like you, listen mm-hmm. to the music that mm-hmm. you listen to. Um but it's also the type of service and the attention that you get when you're at a HBCU versus um, you know, when you're at a predominantly white institution. You know, when I was at UNT, you're one in thousands of millions of people. Like I think at that yeah. time we had over 360,000 students at UNT. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, you may have a class and it's 300 people in there. Right. There's right. no way the teacher know who you are, exactly. what you're talking about, like, you know, um, and so the relationship dynamic is very different and just even how they're able to translate it. I think that at our, at our law school, I mean, law school is different than undergrad, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were more personal with trying to let you understand the impact of everything and how as a lawyer, you need to be prepared from day one. 
to get out here and go make a difference. And right. So, um, I think that you don't get that same teaching when you're at the, you know, the other institution. No, I can agree. I can agree. Oh, my class was, like I said, 300 people. It was a lot of people. Like I said, you really got to talk to the professor and they still not going to remember you because they got another class after that too. So talk a little bit about operating with no fear. Um, you were working for a law firm, I believe in Austin, and then you decided to do your own thing. A lot of people are scared to jump off um, and just become an entrepreneur, start their own thing from scratch. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Well, I think that, um, you know, fear is something that we kind of like make believe ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a way to kind of trick ourselves from really fully going after that, after that goal. And so, you know, fear is something that you have to ignore it's always going to be present you're always going to have doubts or you know questions because you're never going to have everything figured out when i started my law firm and even right now you know that we've been running for now going on three full months Mm. i still don't have everything figured out you know and i think that's the part of the process you have to accept when you're being an entrepreneur is that you know this is what i have this is where i know i'm going to take it and all the bumps and bruises that I got to go through along the way is just part of it, you know. And the quicker that I think you can embrace that mindset is how you go from good to great. Mm, shut up. That's, that's, hey, that's a gems right there. It's You learn through experience, right? Yeah. And then a lot of people aren't staying long enough in a, in a situation or in a business. They're like, i tried try this for a little bit. It isn't working. They're running away from it, so they never know. But like you said, you learn through experience, and that's the best way. That's the best teacher, honestly. What type of clients are you guys looking for at the Ruby uh, Barry Law Group? Are you have a specific clientele? or? Well, I mean, I don't think that we necessarily um, are seeking a specific clientele. You know, we specialize in a variety of different practice areas because right. we want to provide services as a whole to the black community. You know what I mean? I grew up, and I didn't really know of any lawyer that I could call. I didn't know of any black owned law firms I could say, Hey, well, how do I do this? Or can you help me out with that? And so, you know, we just want to be one of the main resources to the community to let them know, like, this is who you can call, you know, if you have a question, if you've been caught in a case or, you know, right. you're ready to now start a business and you don't right. know what to do. Now you can go ahead and hit up Mr. Make It Go Away <laughs> and it will be very lovely. Mr. Make It Go Away. Where, where'd you get that name from? I like that. Man, it's crazy. Um, it just kind of naturally gravitated to me. Uh, you know, my homies, they used to kind of say that because there would be situations that would come up growing up and things would go bad for a lot of people. But for us, it would kind of handle the yeah. things that work out a little differently. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when I got to law school, I decided to kind of maximize on it. And uh, I started, you know, adding it to my posts on Instagram and social yeah. media. And then uh, we did our mock trial competition. And literally, me and my mock trial partner, and I, you know, I shout out Sean Bostic on this podcast. Um, but, you know, we literally ran through everybody at the school. And so, because of our performance, people like, no, that's really Mr. Make It Go Away for real. Nice. And it just kind of carried me over now as I'm, um, you know, into practice. I like it. I like it. It's a nice slogan. Talk about a mock trial. What, what is that exactly? So, you're in law school and you're doing like, uh, practice trials like you had a yeah, case situation so, you know our law school was real hands-on with us and making sure that they taught us exactly how to go out here and really practice law you mm-hmm. know from the jump at least at a very fundamental level mm-hmm. and so one of those things involves you know a mock trial where they teach you okay if you are you know the defendant in a criminal criminal trial you represent a defendant mm-hmm. what do you do how do you keep the evidence out how do you present your evidence yeah. 
how do you do an opening and closing statement? And so, you know, they, they teach you those things and then they tell you, okay, here, turn around and do it. Yeah. And yeah. you compete against each other. Um, you know, they have competitions that are schools amongst other schools. Um, you know, some schools have organizations and those organizations compete against each other as right, well. Right, right. Um, you know, I didn't compete when I was in law school. I did the NBA negotiations competition. Okay. Um, but, you know, like there's tons of stuff to get involved in. And like you said, it's all about the exposure. The more that you, you know, get exposed to, then the more opportunities kind of can come your way. Nah, definitely, man. Definitely. Talk about being versatile because <clears throat> you do are red names, right? So you you have your own law firm, um, president of a brand management company. I know you do music. You know what I'm saying? You like engineer. You make music. That's a lot to do. Like somebody would really think, like, how does he have time for all this, right? I look at it as having this multiple <laughs> hustles, though. So yeah. How talk about that? Well, I think you know. Um, for one, I got to credit my mom. You know, when we were growing up, uh, she would make us become involved in multiple things. You got to mm-hmm. go to the church on Wednesday nights, but then you got to go to help out with this on Saturday mornings, yeah. and you still got to go to football practice <laughs> Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. And so, um, it just naturally became a skill to juggle multiple things. And, you know, that carried over to me in college. I joined a bunch of different organizations. And so now, you know, I feel kind of out of place when I'm not working on a bunch of different projects. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it you, it causes some sacrifices in relationships. It causes sacrifices in time. And they had to spend a lot of late nights, you know. Um, and my thing is I try to wake up and beat the morning. Yeah. And so, you know, but nothing comes easy. The harder you work, the harder you're going to get those results. Exactly. Talk about beating the morning because um, I guess uh, our friend, our mutual friend, Gerard, talks about that you talk about getting up at 5 a.m. every day. Uh, this un- unprecedented territory, I believe that's what he said. And that's that's good because a lot of people like uh, owners, millionaires, what are you going to say, billionaires, they wake up early, have a set schedule. How did you get into that mindset? Has it always been like that? Um, it definitely has not always been like that. You know, I, I, I too was hearing that about the different millionaires and billionaires mm-hmm. like where they have schedules and they wake up early and mm-hmm. they don't, you know, stay out and do this, this, and that. Right. And so, um, you know, I like to have a good time, so I can't commit to not going out. Right. But what I can right. commit to doing is making sure that when my alarm go off, I get up every morning. And each morning, you know, looks different. Some mornings you wake up and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Some mornings it's just your quiet time, read your Bible, drink some coffee, you know. Um, but having that time alone before you get the interruptions of everybody else, and every, it, it just makes a world of difference. Nah, definitely. Definitely. I'm trying to get better at it. Like, I'm, I'm up at least by 7.30, and then sometimes I'm up at 6, but trying to get the schedule to work out and, and do all that. But it takes time, though. It's, you got to be disciplined, for sure. You talked about ownership, right? Ownership is very important, especially in our generation. Yeah. Uh, we want to be able to pass something down to our kids and have their kids have something. Like other people have had um, have had opportunities. Uh, generational wealth is built through investing, right? Are you guys, you're the law group, are you personally, are you doing anything like to, I guess, with help investing or uh, learn more about investing or educate people on it? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I think it's very important to invest not only in other people, but in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the initiatives that we're gearing up towards doing is a recruiting initiative to help invest and get some talent for the law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But, you know, individually, I think it's very you know, I use the Robin Hood app. I know they got in trouble the last <laughs> month, you know, yeah. for everything that went on. But, yeah. you know, I find those apps to be useful because, right. you know, 
I'm a busy man. I don't necessarily have time to sit up and watch the stock market uh-huh. all day and night. Uh-huh. Nor am I a trustworthy person in the sense, and not not say I'm not trustworthy. Let me rephrase that. Trusting Meaning I don't trust yeah, other people yeah, yeah, with yeah. my money. Right. And so, <laughs> and right. so, you know, I'm not the most um, eager to go and just put money in a stock portfolio or let somebody else work it up. Right. But those apps, you know, they allow you to kind of go and get investments. And I just try to do what, you know, one of my homeboys told me it's like bro you go to different places and you spend your money all the time see if those companies are available mm-hmm. for you to buy some stock in mm-hmm. and that's what i really started to do you know in every aspect and now i have a nice you know portfolio um and it's growing slowly but it's growing nice nice yeah definitely it's a lot of apps out there from robin hood stash um e-trade ameritrade uh ally so um no platform is better than the other guys so just so you know, man. So I was recently in Oklahoma, right? And um, man, I got. The, I'm still amazed. I, I tell people it's like California minus the weather, right? It's a dispensary on every corner. They have as many dispensaries yeah, as they do churches, right? <laughs> I, I was. I, I'm still shook. My God, I didn't believe it. Um, it's only legal for medical use out there right now. But so <laughs> we got the Morris Act. You know, what I'm saying uh, it hasn't hit the Senate yet. It hasn't get passed by the Senate, and then that'll basically decriminalize um, weed at the federal level or cannabis at the federal level. Do you? think it's, it's kind of like this contradiction you got a lot of people in jail right now for stuff that they've been doing this for years uh selling cannabis and all stuff like this these guys are the experts but they can't get up then you got places like oklahoma and california all the other states you know what i'm saying that are legal and they're making millions maybe billions off of this stuff how, how tell me how does that work how do how do we fix that because i'm me thinking i'm like let's get a whole bunch of lawyers to try to change it and i know it's not that easy you can't yeah. write law, law so what do you I think mean, they're, they're trying to go about it, you know, the right way. Um, you know, some would say, um, as far as you got to create the, the precedent, you know, either you have yeah. to go in there and win a case or you have to get them to pass legislation that will allow it. And so, you know, they're trying to go the legislation route. Um, and so, you know, I think that for one, you know, I'm definitely pro cannabis. I'm pro marijuana. Um, you know, I can't wait for Texas to go legal. I hope they do. <laughs> um, but you know, in the meantime, I think that at least, you know, when we talk about criminal justice reform, everybody who was convicted for marijuana offenses should be let out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you look at Texas, you know, we have laws here now, at least specifically in Harris County, out here in Houston, where, you know, if you have below a certain amount, you're able to get a ticket and kind of go ahead and, and go home. And I think right. there's things like that that are at least small steps in the right direction. Because too often, you know, people are going to jail and having to, you know, for literally having one little, little blunt. And that's that's ridiculous. Crazy, right? Right. So you're, um, I would say you're an activist. You know, you're, you're conscious about what's going on in the world. Um, I see your post. Uh, you posted about Bloody Sunday the other day. You know what happened last year with the with the George Floyd incident and um, that really stopped the world. And then I, I see things like the Emmett Till anti-lynching act right that was revised in 2019 um it's still trying to i guess pass certain levels now um at the senate again but they, everybody doesn't want to say like it's, certain things are lynching so it's like i guess everybody's not agreeing right now what, what do you think about all this like i think that we should be able to get to a point where it shouldn't be none of this going on you know what i mean as anti-lynching and stuff like that but it's still an issue in this country why do you think that is well, I mean, we have to face the hard truth, and that's that this country was built off of racism. Mm. This country was built off of the blacks and the sweat equity of black people. Um, True. You know, through slavery, through Jim Crow, and through a lot of other issues that we're still having to fight today. Uh, you know, and so first we have to accept that, you know, we're never, we may never get an apology. We may never get 
certain things to for one be outlawed, but we have to take steps in the right direction to protect ourselves. Yeah. Um, and that goes not only physically. I know a lot of people go and they get all these different guns or different, you know, uh, methods of protection, and that's great. I'm all for it too, especially here in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody keep stays strapped. Yeah. But um, you know, I think we also have to have to prepare mentally. You know what I mean? We we got to see a lot of different things in 2020, and I, I personally, you know. I just think it's 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 long overdue yeah. for the system to uh, renounce white supremacy and racism, and I think it's long overdue for us as black people to get reparations. But you know, I know that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, good look. I ain't gonna hold my breath on that one. All right. <laughs> man, very well. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Where can they find you? The people, your uh, Instagram handles, your website. If they people are looking for law help, where can they find you at? Yeah, so um, you know, they can also reach out to me on my personal Instagram. That's at Mister Make It Go Away. Um, or you can add the law firm and it's R Barry Law. Um, and that's on all social media platforms. So you can always find us there. Um, or you can always reach out my phone number is 713 324 8886. Um, you know, Mr. Make It Go Away. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Make It Go Away, man. Any, um, last gems you can, um, you can lead the people very intelligent, man, doing your thing, man. Anything for uh, words of wisdom or to motivate the people? Yeah, man, I would just say, um, biggest things is to eliminate the distractions and believe in yourself. You know, all of us have greatness inside of us. We just have to tap into it. And a big part of that comes from eliminating distractions and the things that don't help you reach that purpose. Um, so, you know, trust yourself. You could do anything. Mm. Hey, y'all heard it here first, man. My boy, Bredrick Berry. Appreciate it, brother. Man, appreciate you. Bro. You was wasting time with those average hours. Taking time with my debit hours. Taking time with my masters. Now I'm reaping all of the credit. Repetty. I'm watching Malcolm and Natty. I'm gonna need some confetti. Yes, I'm a champ. All of these weeks feeling heavy. Rock on my head, you can't check me.